It's important for us to pay attention to what is coming up for us during the holiday season. And if there is a theme of like loneliness or feeling alone, that also warrants our attention. And so I like to I like to kind of digest that and figure out is this because we're feeling alone and without something or is this because we truly don't have an adequate support system and if that's the case I want to encourage people to figure out how to build one. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, culture, and mental health, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. So sit with us. You're listening to episode 15. Welcome back to the podcast. So glad to have you back. Happy holidays. It is that time of year. Winter is upon us. Uh, Here in California, I had my first snow at home. Uh, That was wild. Some of you guys I know are on the East Coast or maybe in a different part of the world where it snows all the time and you're just like, you know, beginner, first time. Maybe you're over it, but where I come from, that just doesn't really ever happen. So yeah, we had snow. It lasted all of 24 hours and then melted away. So it's that time of year. And as we're diving into this season, I really wanted to take the time to address things like loss and seasonal depression and just transition because while it can be a very exciting and you know exuberant time for a number of people and especially in media and whatnot, for another number of us, for another large population of us, uh, it can be a really hard time of year, whether you've lost someone close to you and now you're really beginning to feel that loss. Um, or maybe you've gone through a transition and you're away from friends and family and just feeling alone or, you know, experiencing seasonal depression, whether you realize it or not, where whenever this time of year comes around, you just feel down, you feel weighted down and low in energy and whatnot. And we're going to talk some more about some of those symptoms. So here to talk about that with me is my friend, Dr. Christina. And Dr. Christina Iglesia is a clinical psychologist and media contributor in the San Francisco Bay Area. She's also the founder of this awesome movement organization online called Hashtag Therapy is Cool. In fact, why don't I let her tell you all about it? Here's my conversation with Dr. Christina on loss, loneliness, and seasonal depression during the holidays. All right, I am so excited for today's guest. I have Dr. Christina with me. How are you doing today? I'm good. My voice might be a little raspy, but I am excited to be here on the podcast. Oh, I know. It's that time of year, right? Yep. It's just... Oh man, and for me, uh, I'm really trying to build up my immune system because I'm sitting in these classes and everybody around yep. me is coughing and <laughs> and it's just like a cesspool. And I'm just like, oh boy, it I gotta, really it's, it's going around. 
Oh yep. man. So I'm so happy to have you on. We've been, first of all, I feel like this is almost overdue because yeah. we've been following each other for a while now. And when you kind of first started out with your therapy is cool movement and all that, I, you know, I got one of your bags and I definitely want to talk more about that. So for those who don't know you yet, uh, why okay. don't you tell us about yourself and your background leading up to the work that you're currently doing, the hashtag therapy is cool campaign and all of that awesome stuff. Yeah, thank you. Well, I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the San Francisco Bay Area. After grad school, I didn't think I really wanted to do private practice, so I did hospital work and trauma-centered community clinics, and throughout all of that, I got an opportunity to start a private practice and begin doing the work that I'm really passionate about, which is working with children, adolescents, young, and young adults with a range of struggles, whether it's depression, anxiety, disordered eating, addiction, trauma. I really wanted to create a space where I could work with different ages and different types of mental health struggles and be able to provide that service to my community. So I have been in private practice for approximately five years. About two years ago, I started to really pick up on a trend that was showing up in my practice, which was the stigma associated with participating in mental health treatment, Mm -hmm. such as therapy. So I would have patients come in and they would be, you know, turning off their phone, off their location services, getting off the phone and saying they're at a doctor's appointment. And it started to really come into the room about how much shame and secrecy people were having around the fact that they were participating in therapy. Yeah. So at first I didn't really know what to do with that besides kind of be aware of it and make room for it in the therapy space. But as I got to thinking, I really felt called to do something bigger And I thought about it, I thought about it, and I finally decided that, well, what if I did some kind of campaign movement that was a call to action where people could purchase something that would raise awareness around mental health and normalize therapy and combat stigma, and the proceeds from these products to go to helping mental health services be more accessible to communities across the nation. So I came up with this idea, but I still wasn't totally sure how to execute it, what it would be like. And then I started thinking about the kindness is the new cool Mm -hmm. and how, you know, being kind has, you know, been out there for, you know, a few years about how that's cool how compassion is cool. And I thought, huh, what if we said therapy is cool? That it's not something that you have to be ashamed of. It's not something that you have to be secretive of. It's something that is available and it's something that's supportive and should be encouraged versus 
silenced or shamed. Right. So fast forward, fast forward to now, um, the campaign launched about 14 months ago, and I absolutely was not prepared for the response. <laughs> right. Um, but people saw it and they wanted, you know, hashtag therapy is cool totes and then they wanted more products. So then I created the shirts and I have a new product coming out next week. But all of this is an effort to have people who are passionate about raising awareness feel like they could come together, create a community through social media, Instagram, Facebook, and really tell their stories through the posts that they have on these platforms about why talking about therapy is important, why talking about mental health is important, why raising awareness is important. And the movement has surpassed my wildest dreams. So I was going to say, it's I'm, really taken off. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing to see um, media outlets wanting to do coverage on it. It was amazing to be featured in the printed women's health magazine. It's just amazing to see that people want to get behind a campaign that is raising awareness about mental health versus kind of shying away and not wanting to bring awareness to a topic that unfortunately, even in 2019, mm -hmm. is still very much stigmatized. I really love that. And I remember when the campaign first started. Um, yeah. And I got I like, one of your somebody, totes. Oh, somebody <laughs> wants to be part of this. Yeah. I and, had no direction. And you know what? And I used it. I would take it to these conferences and whatnot that I might speak at and, and everything. And, you know, I would tell people about it. And I think it's just awesome. And it definitely pointed to a need in our culture. And it's amazing right. how this is where I say, you know, this is where I say, you know, the side of social media is it's not all bad because you have yep. movements like this which bring awareness to very necessary topics and uh, especially reaching people who may be in a community or in a setting where mm -hmm. that may not be exposed to or talked about otherwise. So keep it up. I, I It's only going to yeah. go up. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And just like you said, it's bringing awareness. Um, you know, we have shipped to all 50 states. And wow. we have shipped to now 21 countries. And the fact that countries um, in areas, for example, like the Middle East, mm -hmm. um, are people are purchasing it and they're wearing it and they're going to their college classrooms uh, with a hashtag therapy school shirt on. To me, that is so groundbreaking. Yeah. The fact that people feel like they could wear this and let others know that they don't have to suffer in silence. They don't have to struggle or be in fear that there are people, places and communities that want to support them. Yeah. And I think that's really going to tie into some more of our conversation today. Uh, so mm -hmm. I definitely want to circle back to this, but you know, uh, so we're in the holiday season. It's winter. I started counting down Christmas yep. at Halloween, yes. the day after Halloween. I'm one of those people. You were so, ready. You were ready. <laughs> I was ready. Um, you know, I look forward to the holiday season. It's, you know, it's very exciting time. But at the same time, I remember so tangibly other holiday seasons that were incredibly hard for me. 
because mm-hmm. of loss and various life circumstances. So I'm very sober to the fact that this season may not be the most joyous time for everyone. And um, I mean, it also speaks to the idea that having a bad season this year doesn't mean it will always be this way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But today, I really want to speak to those who are currently in this place, you know, whether it be from grief, loss, maybe feeling lonely or actually suffering from seasonal affective disorder. And so, you know, first Mm -hmm. off, how could someone have a better idea if they're struggling with say grief or life circumstances versus seasonal affective disorder like what might be what would be those distinguishing signs and even like for those who don't know what seasonal affective disorder is they're just like I'm just sad around this time I don't know why this time comes around and I get down you know and it's more than being just down and so yeah yeah, just kind of expounding a little bit more on that for those who might be in this season right now. Absolutely. So first, I think it's important to kind of distinguish what seasonal affective disorder is. Yeah. So what this is, is it is actually a form of depression. And we call it now major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns, because it is linked with depressive symptoms occurring and or increasing in early fall or winter, so around this time of year, and in turn, the symptoms subside in early spring to early summer with a full remission. So what that means is if you're looking at the last few years, because for this to be something that a diagnosis would need. It has to be at least two years. You're looking at the winter months, the fall months, and you're noticing that you are having an increase in specific symptoms such as sadness, decreased activity, sleep issues, weight gain, irritability, loss of interest, right? Withdrawal, feelings of worthlessness, And even reoccurrent thoughts of suicide or death that come on around this winter and fall season, that is something to note, especially if you're also seeing that once spring, summer comes, there's changes in weather, there's changes in how much sunlight we get access to and symptoms subside, we can start to track that. Yes, in fact, this isn't depression that might be continual throughout the year, but it is very specific and tied into a seasonal pattern that exacerbates these symptoms. And then when the season changes, relief is able to be found. Right. So there's there's a very clear kind of onset yep. and and yep. uh, ending period, which which yep. is really good to know. And even like it makes me think you probably want to you know start track. It'd be helpful to track mm-hmm. you know your mood through some type of tracker or, or whatnot to see mm-hmm. uh, if it's if that if it's linked in any way. Uh, and so Absolutely. how may that. Yeah, how may that differ from someone who, you know, is struggling with, say, grief? And it's really that in this time of year, it's right. just, you know, you're grieving this time of year because you are, it's highlighting the, it's highlighting loss of someone who's not around anymore mm-hmm. to share this right. time or life circumstances, uh, you know, 
maybe you've moved and you're away from family and you yeah. know uh, I've been in that situation where I moved and then Christmas came around and you know I didn't really have anyone newly to spend time with and I just felt really low that Christmas I felt very isolated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it it kind of sucked <laughs> you yeah. know so yeah definitely differentiating those um so because that's that's very normal Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that in order to be able to differentiate between the seasonal depression and maybe some personal life changes, transitions, loss, bereavement, we really have to be able to take inventory of what is going on for ourselves. Yeah. So if I was working with somebody and we were trying to differentiate what maybe was going on with them, I would want to ask questions about what does the holiday season bring up for you? Does it bring up feelings of loss, loneliness, isolation, feeling left out? Um, Maybe there's familial strain or disconnect. Really trying to get an understanding of, is this a personal experience that gets exacerbated during the holidays because holidays are so much about joy and happiness and family Mm -hmm. and cheer, right? Or is this something that is being tracked due to other forces such as changes of weather, loss of daylight, and really trying to see Are you in a place in your life where you are in transition, you are dealing with loss, you are mourning something, or are those factors not at play and do we need to look at this as more of a depressive condition that you can receive treatment for? Right. And one of the best ways to do that is seeing a counselor or therapist, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I I Mm -hmm. think that we're... I'll just speak for myself, um, sometimes not so great with assessing where we really are because, you know, we just kind of feel like, oh, this is just how I'm thinking. This is just what I feel. This is just the state I'm in. And it becomes our norm. And we don't really have a great scale of how far we are or totally where it's coming from. And um, there's actually this verse uh, in scripture that says like, you know, the person with understanding will pull out the wisdom in the waters of someone's heart, basically meaning like it's there, you know, but, uh, you know, someone with understanding, someone with wisdom will be able to help pull it out. will be able to help sort that out with you. And Mm -hmm. there's no reason Mm -hmm. that we should have to try to do that alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you have this quote that I love. You have a couple quotes that I love. And one of the things you said was, you know, you don't need a diagnosis for your mental health struggles to be valid and you don't need to be at your lowest to get help. And so I think we kind of have this blind spot for ourselves where we think, oh, you know, well, I'm not that bad or I don't know if it's that serious or, you know, it's not as bad as this. And, When really, uh, you know, there's not a certain threshold you have to be at to start taking steps toward getting help. And you're worth getting the help at any level. And so, um, yeah, just getting someone to talk about it, to see, to be able to help assess that. And even understanding that 
therapy can be something that can help in a preventative sense, right? right? If you already know that the holiday season is difficult for you, and this is something that you have identified, wouldn't it be amazing if you had access to something like therapy that can truly be a centering and grounding space for you as you navigate it? I think that you touched on this societal idea that things have to be really bad before you get mental health services. But I always tell people when we are struggling with our physical health, we don't wait till something is critical in crisis or at stage four. Right. We go at the first signs of a physical ailment, of a medical condition, of an injury. We don't sit there and just hope that these things go away we go and we seek medical attention. And I feel like that has to also be brought over to our mental health. And we have to be paying attention to what our mental health needs are in the holiday season. And how can we get additional support so we don't have to struggle? Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing, but I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the signup process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. 
I love that. I love that idea of having safeguards, you know, where it's like, okay, I know that this season is hard for me. So what are the safeguards that I'm going to have in place uh, for myself so that it doesn't have to be an uphill battle, you know, but I can, it'll, it'll be a not necessarily easy, but maybe easier because you have that right. extra support that's there. I love that. Right. Um, so if someone thinks like they're listening and they are like, I, I think I might have seasonal affective disorder. Like I sound, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like those symptoms, but I'm not sure. Uh, what are the, what would you say are the first steps they should take if, you know, they're thinking it, like, what might that look like step-by-step in a practical sense? I think the most practical way, because a lot of people don't have therapists that they're already working Mm -hmm. with is is I always tell people go through your general practitioner or physician. So what that means is when you go in, you can disclose. And thankfully a lot of medical offices now have screenings for this. Yeah you can disclose to your doctor that, hey, I'm noticing these symptoms. I have some questions or concerns that this might be seasonal depression or this might be the starting of some depressive symptoms. What can I do starting there? And usually your general practitioner has a list of referrals of therapists in your area that you could work with and so they can give you lists and then you would go through these lists and either call or email to see if this specific therapist or counselor has availability and then be able to move forward with the appointment and intake sometimes people don't want to go through their general practitioner and they want to just kind of go straight to finding a therapist and getting that mental health support. So there are websites that can absolutely help. Mm -hmm. If you are interested in using your insurance, I always tell people go to your insurance website. They will have what therapists in your zip code are accepting and you can contact them and ask about their availability. If you're looking for additional options, then there are websites like Psychology Today mm-hmm. and Good Therapy where you can actually specify down to the fact that you're looking for a therapist in this zip code that um, works with depression. You can decide if you want it to be male or female. I mean, you can really customize what you think would be the good fit Mm -hmm. and then start contacting those therapists and finding out their availability and if there's a overlap in your guys' schedule so that you could go in and start therapy. Thank you so much for making that so practical, right? Because I feel like there are definitely avenues and I, and once you get more familiar with navigating them, the less intimidating it is, I think to start finding a therapist uh, and, and I'm so glad you broke that down into those smaller steps because I feel like a lot of times we say, hey, 
get help or see a therapist, go to yeah. therapy. People but are like, what? People, like how? Yeah, how? Where? Where do I mm-hmm. look? How? Where do I start? And so, yep. um, yeah, psychology today, is, I've actually taken all of those avenues at some point in my life. Yep. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've found a therapist before through psychology today. I've had one for a brief time through my insurance and um, if you're a college student a lot of times they will have some type of counseling service on campus as well that is a part of your student services so definitely taking advantage of those or they can also refer you out so there are there are avenues there are ways um yeah and if it is a financial strain there um, are community mental health yes um offices and clinics and services that I always encourage people to look into because sometimes they do have things going on for the holidays that are very specific to this that you know allow groups of people to come together and get support on things that people are struggling with that are similar Totally. Um, I'm a uh, certified recovery support group facilitator for NAMI. And so mm-hmm. that's another one. Like NAMI is pretty much in every state at this point. That's yes. the National oh, Alliance yeah. of mm-hmm. Mental Illness. And you don't have to have a diagnosis to attend their peer support groups. But that is mm-hmm. also a great space where you can just mm-hmm. just go and share um, and there, and the groups are facilitated in such a way where, you know, there's provided support, feedback, and, uh, resources that can be connected with. And that's, a that's a free community service yep. group. So yep. thank you. Yep. Yes. Um, now, uh, what are some everyday ways, right? Like outside of maybe saying going to therapy or whatnot, what are just yep. maybe some kind of everyday ways that some self-help, you know, ways that somebody yeah. might be able to cope through this season. Yeah. I always ask people about the things that they feel like help them through difficult periods of their life. Because yeah. I think that we forget how innately in tune we are to what our needs are mm-hmm. and the things that we might have already been using that we forget are available. So something like journaling. I ask people, have you ever enjoyed writing? Have you ever enjoyed creative expression? What would it feel like to journal about the things that you're experiencing during this time? Mm-hmm. If people are into athletic activities, I ask, what would it look like to make a schedule during this time so that you can get this endorphins and this, you know, activity that your body is wanting to release in a physical sense? What would that look like? Would you go to a walk? Would you join a dance class? Would you do yoga? Mm -hmm. Right. And so asking people the things that they enjoy, the things that actually help them that are already in place and building upon that so that people know that there are so many ways that we can have therapeutic avenues in our life outside of or instead of therapy. We absolutely can create things in our own life, whether, like I said, it's joyful movement, journaling, meditation, yoga, mindfulness practices. There are 
absolutely avenues that we could incorporate, especially during a difficult season in our life, as long as we remember that this is something that is useful for us. Absolutely. I completely believe in common sense wisdom and that Mm -hmm. we kind of do have those coping skills of knowing what we need to do. Um, right. But then also maybe feeling stuck as well and gosh, yep. just feeling like, I know I need to do this, but I'm really down. I don't have the energy, especially yes. if you're dealing with depression. I just don't want to do what I need to do. And uh, right. even just getting past that, you know, and I think for me, when I knew I needed to be physically active, but I just didn't want to, I felt lethargic. Yep. It was literally just creating triggers. Like I'm just, even though I don't feel like it, I'm just going to put on the workout clothes. And then once I put on the workout clothes, it kind of made me like, okay, like, you know, put me a tad bit in the mood. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get in the car. And then, you know, sometimes it's just like step. You need to just do it in moments. Okay. You know what? I don't feel like it. I'm going to put on the workout clothes. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to get in the car. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to get there. And then you're there and then boom. And then afterwards you feel so much better and you're so glad that you do it. So this even idea of kind of moving past how you feel, um, and committing to your, to actions instead of feelings in those times when you feel stuck, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's not working out, but maybe it's just like, I need to get outside or, you know, I'm going to put the clothes on, like, (laughs) you know, Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that you brought up the fact that sometimes we don't know how to motivate ourselves in that way. And sometimes the things that we are struggling with are that heavy. And so when that's the case, I always want people to try to think about who in their life can Mm -hmm. support them around that. Yeah. And that can be a family member, a friend, a neighbor, But again, we don't have to struggle in silence. We can let people know, hey, this time of year is hard for me. And would it be okay if you and me signed up for a ceramics class? I think that would be something that I would enjoy doing. It would get me out of the house. I would have friendship and companionship. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to ask people to support us in ways that are useful and those people can say yes or no but we're allowed to put that out there and we're allowed to seek support because that's also something we can do to be preventative on the kind of you know spiraling that our struggles can so easily take us to right and I want to circle back to this in, in just a bit um especially speaking to those who may not have anyone around, um, might be in a new state or in a new place. Um, You know, I know that I have a number of young people or college students who are moved away from family or maybe can't afford to go back home. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard. But before that, Mm -hmm. someone who's grieving during this time, um, what would you say – um, to someone who is experiencing grief and it's just like, it's really hard. And it's like, when is this feeling going to lift? Um, yeah. And it just maybe seems unbearable right now. Yeah. So as much as people might not want this to be 
to the thing that is said, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that we have to honor our grief. Yeah. If grief is coming up for somebody at this time, it is so easy for us to want to avoid it, deny it, suppress it, right? And we do that in many ways, right? Distraction, alcohol, whatever it is. There's so many ways that we will totally disconnect from grief. And unfortunately, that only delays the healing process. But if we can honor the fact that this season is difficult for us, that it brings up loss, and to be able to sit with that even for a minute is allowing your body and mind to integrate that experience and make space for it to be processed and lessened and healed. So, yes, we want to avoid it. Yes, we don't want to think about our grief. But even if we can do so incrementally in Mm -hmm. windows of our own emotional tolerance, then we are being active in our healing process. So honor the fact that grief is still coming up. It is absolutely not useful to judge yourself Mm -hmm. for grieving. It doesn't matter if something happened yesterday or 20 years ago. If grief is still inside of you, it means it still needs to be addressed and healed and and felt. Mm -hmm. So honor it and address it and understand it and be kind to yourself around it. People so commonly just beat themselves up for feeling what they feel instead of asking themselves, well, maybe there's a reason I'm feeling this. Right. And maybe it's serving a purpose right now for Mm -hmm. me to be paying attention to it. So paying attention to it, honoring it, understanding it, and slowly trying to move through it is much more active in the healing process than denying it, judging it, being angry at it, and avoiding it. Yeah, I can 100% attest to that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, instead of asking, why am I still feeling this way? Or why is this coming back again? Or I thought that I was you know, over this or better, maybe the, maybe the better question is, yeah, maybe the better question is what do I need in this moment as I'm feeling this way? And I, and that's essentially, you know, what you're saying about just moving through it, working with yourself and not against yourself. And actually, um, I have another podcast episode for those who are wanting to just dive more into the topic of grief from our mutual friend, Dr. Therese Moscardo. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, she did. We did an episode on grief and loss um, a few months ago. So um, definitely check that out if um, yeah. in, in a season of grief. Now, just turning the page a bit to the person who is away from family or just feeling really alone during this time. And mm-hmm. um it's like, you know, there's already an ice, kind of this isolation moving someplace new, but then the holidays come around yeah. and it's just added, like it's compiled. And then it just, you just really start, I don't have anybody and, you know, I'm all alone yeah. in this, you know, and it just yeah. really feels uh, exponential. And just speaking to maybe the person who is feeling alone and really down about it during this time Mm -hmm. and even having those safeguards for when Christmas does come, um, you know, to, uh, 
be able to move through it more gracefully, I guess. Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, it's similar in the sense that it's important for us to pay attention to what is coming up for us during the holiday season. And if there is a theme of like loneliness or feeling alone, that also warrants our attention. And so asking ourselves, am I feeling alone because I truly am alone in the sense of like, I don't have family, friends, connections, right? Yeah. Or am I feeling alone because I'm feeling like I'm missing something, right? I don't have a partner. I don't have family close by. I don't have a best friend, right? I think that. And then you generalize to your whole life, to your whole life. It's like, instead of like, I'm alone in this season or this moment, you're just like, I'm alone as a person. I, my whole life, nobody cares. You know, it just, it gets really big. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like to, I like to kind of digest that and figure out, is this because we're feeling alone and without something? Or is this because we truly don't have an adequate support system? And if that's the case, I want to encourage people to figure out how to build one. Mm -hmm. We are so often in transition, whether it's moving or changing jobs or relocating somewhere where we are forced to start over. And I don't think many of us enjoy that, but I do think that we can find ways to connect even if we are somewhere new. And I sometimes tell people like, that's as simple as like going out to a cafe by yourself and being out in the world and experiencing the energy of other people and making yourself not only emotionally available to connect with people, but physically available. I tell people, look and join a club, something like a book club, right? Where you are automatically cued in with people, you know, similar interests. If you like sports, join a local adult sports league and start to connect with people. If you're religious, join a, a local you know, um, whether it's a church or a synagogue, you know, go and meet people through there. So checking in on ways that we can be available for connection if we truly don't have a support system that is fulfilling us. Yeah, it really goes back into what you were saying earlier about recognizing the need and basically trying to meet that need because it mm-hmm. could look completely different in a year. Um, when mm-hmm. I had to restart more, you know, more than once, I had a couple seasons where it was like in transition and, you know, mm-hmm. you feel this loneliness and it's like, okay, I noticed that I really don't have adequate support right now. And one yep. that's normal because I just moved here. It's not that yes. I'm just alone as a person and nobody wants to be around me or I don't, you know, it's yeah. not like something's wrong with me. It's like, this is a part of the process of transitioning somewhere right. and knowing that. I don't want this to be my life here and I don't want this to be reoccurring. So I'm going to start looking for ways to build the community, like you said. Yep. And, you know, and I've done that. And every time it's like the next year, next thing I know, I have more than enough options of 
who, what yep. to, where to go and who to see during the holidays. Yeah. Um, I think another great idea is even volunteering during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have somewhere to go. Uh, sometimes churches do have get-togethers and gatherings and events that you can attend. And so there yeah. are definitely things to do. There are definitely options is basically what you're saying. We don't have to be alone. There are ways that we can step yeah. out of ourselves and rebuild. And it's just about taking those actions to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And there's this idea that no one else is feeling what we're feeling, right? Right. But there are thousands of people feeling exactly what we're feeling. So many. And yeah, we have to be out there meeting those people who are also seeking connection. And so that is kind of the reminder that we have to give ourselves is that even though this feels like this is just us, there are thousands and millions of people who are experiencing the exact same feeling and the way we can connect with them is being out in the world. Yeah. That they're is not so going to find us in our house. Right. 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 They're not going to find us. <laughs> Come to our doorstep. Are you, right. are you, are you alone? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right. I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, I know this for me cause you know, we're kind of in the mental health <clears throat> world and so we post a lot right. about it. I mean, have you seen this? Cause I have where I posted about, being alone or feeling depressed around the holidays and everybody's commenting like that's me right now you know and you're just yep. like it's it's everybody Absolutely. it's totally not just you we're all in these different seasons where we're trying to uh transition yep. through these sticky uh emotions and situations and life circumstances during this time yeah yeah and when we share that's our struggle just like a post that you just said, yeah. then we see that we're not alone. And we see, I mean, I have seen beautiful acts on social media where someone has exactly said that, like, you know, this season of my life's hard, I'm feeling depressed. And I will see a comment where someone's like, please reach out to me. Yeah. Please let me know that, uh, you know, I'm here. And then I look a little further and someone else is saying that. And then I look a little further and someone else is saying that, right? And so there's these strangers that are connected to the social media platform where someone's saying something and people are genuinely responding and letting them know they're not alone. And that is beautiful to see that we can be connecting in either face-to-face through social media, you know, through email, through text. Mm -hmm. We can connect in so many ways with people and people do step up and they do show that they care. I totally have hope for humanity. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fingers absolutely, crossed. absolutely. Well, thank you so much to um, for diving into these topics with me. Um, like you said, I think it's just more common than people realize. And I just want to encourage that you may be in this season right now. But it doesn't, like, not to project this season into your future and to try not to generalize it to you as a person because it's so common and it's so normal for a transition. These feelings are so normal with grief. And um, who knows, next, you know, we could prepare for it now, have those safeguards in place, and it could look completely different next year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just about us looking out for ourselves, really, and taking care of our own mental health and that self-awareness of, okay, I know this time is going to be tough for me. So what can I do to take care of myself during this time and be, you know, ahead of time? Yeah. 
Well, is there anything else that you would like to share? Is, I mean, how people can get connected with you and all of your awesome posts and everything that you're doing? Absolutely. So um, the only social media that I am on is Instagram. So mm-hmm. you can find me at Dr. Christina and then an underscore at the end. Also on Instagram and Facebook, you can follow the hashtag therapy is cool mental health action campaign. The hashtag therapy is cool is spelled out. So it's H-A-S-H-T-A-G therapy is cool. And you can also visit the website for the therapy is cool mental health action campaign, which is www. again spelled out hashtag therapyiscool.com where you can see all of the products and merchandise as well as each month I post where the proceeds are going and you can learn about different mental health organizations across the United States. I love it. I am so excited for you. And, Thank you. and everything Thank you've you. been doing, I can, I can sit here and say, I saw it when it started Yeah, literally, <laughs> when she was started. starting and you were doing your videos yeah. and getting on. And, yep. um, and I have to say you are also just so genuine in what you do and so easy to connect with and, um, oh, in you. the way that you relay your message. And I think that anyone can just connect off the bat with what you're doing. So definitely check her out and we're going to have all of her links in the show notes below. Uh, so thank you so much again. Uh, feel better. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's that time of year, uh, and yes. I know we'll we'll be in we'll be in contact soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank All you right. for having me. Yes. Thanks, guys. Until next time.